The uh, last message that I think uh, God wants to share with us on the matter of respect, respect in the family. We've talked about institutions and government and the secular world, spiritual world. And now we talk about how it looks like in the family. Respect in the family is an expression of receiving each other as a gift from God. There's something amazing about the Christian family. Now, the, the non-Christian family struggles, and struggles greatly sometimes because there's a lot of disconnect with biblical principles and biblical truth and, and with uh, spiritual understanding. And there's a lot of dysfunction that can take place, even though there's a desire to love and a commitment to, to connect. It's, uh, it's a battle many times and a struggle. But in the believers, there's something unique about being family. And there's a principle that we skim over to get to the stuff that we think defines family. Well, it's all important, but this principle is really important. Respecting the family is an expression of receiving each other as a gift from God. So how do, what does that look like, and how does that work out in everyday life and how we do life. So the first thing is this. Receiving one another is imperative to respecting each other. You got to receive one another. Um, that's where it really starts. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, the last part of that verse. And further, submit or receive to one another, receiving each other. Out of reverence for Christ. Now he's talking about in this the context is in he's talked about being filled with the Spirit. I'll get to that verse in a minute. He's talked about believers that are controlled by the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And in the process, this is how it lives out. This is how it fleshes out in the home. This is the spiritual dynamic of the home. That because there is a consciousness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, ever teaching us, instructing us, and counseling us and comforting us. There is this desire to receive one another out of reverence for Christ. To receive. Accept. What does that look like? To receive one another. Well, first is, is to be grateful to God for the people he puts in our lives. Family is nothing else like it. Two people leave families, create a new family, and they become one. And then they, they, many of them begin to have families, and the family grows. And then there's children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and, and there becomes a, a big deal. Family is very important to God. It was the first of what, of what he ordained to exist. And today the family struggles culture doesn't value family as the Bible teaches as it should. Therefore, it creates amazing stress and pressure on families today. But he says, I want you to understand if you receive one another, then what does that look like? You receive one another. You're grateful to God for the people he puts in your lives. Uh, now, understanding, uh, let me quote Billy Graham here because this, this is one of my favorite quotes. If two people agree on everything, one of them isn't necessary. And if, you, and if you know about, about marriage, sometimes there's times you don't agree. It just doesn't happen. Uh, <clears throat> I 
The thing is, when we come together, uh, two different, first of all, men and women are totally different. And so I have to receive the difference, and I have to receive the diversity, and I have to receive the uniqueness a person is born with and shaped by, by the power of God as he works in their life. And the truth is, there's a thing called heavenly sandpaper where we actually sometimes rub each other the wrong way. And you say, that's not comfortable, and it's not fun, and it's, you know it isn't. Nothing fun about sandpaper. Not a thing fun about sandpaper. But it does a job. It smooths things. It makes things reach their potential. When you take a piece of wood and you begin to sand it and smooth it out, it becomes something beautiful. Christ has put together people that they may be heavenly sandpaper. And so when he puts people in our lives within the family, they're there for a specific purpose. As believers under the Holy Spirit, they function. Do they function perfectly? Absolutely not. Part of receiving someone is receiving their imperfections. And so he said, but in that, there's something that takes place because their imperfections sometimes expose the other's imperfections. And God begins to do a work of grace in the life of a family and an individual, which is his purpose. So he's trying to say, I need to bring you guys together, and when, I get, when y'all get through rubbing each other the wrong way, you're going to look more like me. And that's the purpose. So you receive one another, saying sometimes you get frustrated, aggravated, or, 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 or whatever it may be, and you go, what is this? This is God working in your life. The people God can use most to accomplish his best in our lives The ones he places there, differences complement. He says, guys, the principle of receiving, submitting to one another, acknowledging one another, being grateful for one another in, in the room in the room of marriage and in the area of marriage is important. When we receive one another, we don't treat each other with disrespect and we don't complain and criticize all the time. Because then Ultimately, out of reverence for Christ, you're complaining about God's choice in your life and the people he sends your way. Wow. God knows you better than anybody else. He knows the person he needs to put in your life that makes you all he wants you to be. That goes for both the husband and the wife. And so he says, guys, I want you to learn this principle. Receiving is huge. If we get it, we understand what it means, what it looks like. Say, let's receive one another. Now, the differences are very apparent. So, once you understand the principle, hey, let's get together, let's receive you. I'll, I'll be grateful, I'll be thankful, I will be respectful, I will be encouraging, I will be supportive. All these things are a part of receiving and submitting to each other. We tend to want to jump down to the part where the woman submits and the husband leads and we take off. That's not where it starts. It starts actually above verse 21. But let's go to this next point. Receiving is an act of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit who empowers respect. He empowers love and order in family life. Verse 18, Ephesians 5.18 says this. Instead, last part of the verse, instead be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. That means controlled. Controlled. He controls your temperament, your appetite, your attitude, your responses. Now, what does that thing mean to be controlled? It means that you are constantly aware of and acknowledging the presence and the principles of Jesus Christ in your life as the Holy Spirit makes them real, makes them applicable. He'll show them to you. He'll change, he, will, he will change your ideas and thinking. Oftentimes, he will uh, convict you of attitudes that need to change. The Holy Spirit becomes the great work and power as he works in your life to apply principles you hear in Sunday school or worship service or daily devotions. He makes them real. And the truth is, we grow probably our faith more in our family than the other area of life. And so he said, I, I want to help you understand that life as a believer is the power of it's based on the Holy Spirit, not on intentions and not on tenacity and not on ability and not on charisma or charm. It is built on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so there's a, he allows us to do things we can't easily do on our own, which is, again, true for all of us. We all have moments when we can't do what we want to do, should do, and like to do, and the Holy Spirit helps us do it. He shows up and empowers and encourages and, and, and gives a word of instruction from the Bible or a reminder of something in the past, and you go, I get this, I understand this. It's practicing the presence and principles of Christ that, that rule your life. You do what you do to please him, not to please yourself or your emotions or your ideologies or things of that nature. So if you understand the Holy Spirit's, the power source in your life that's helping you grow in your life and grow in your faith and grow in your family and grow toward him, then here's how you do this. Once you understand that I'm controlled by his spirit, then I will have a humility about receiving each other. I, I don't have to be right all the time. I don't have to do it this way. I can, I can be honest to say, I, I, let's receive one another. So we would submit to one another in receiving with humility and respect and love and kindness with the end game being to look like Christ and to be like Christ. And so let me go to the next verse. Just gonna, I'm not, these are all sermons on their own. I'm just going to go over these. For wives, this means submit your husband to your husbands, as to the Lord. Now, that word submit is a military term, and you go, that doesn't seem like it's fair, right? What does that mean? It's not talking about inequality or inferiority. It's talking about the fact there's a role to be accomplished and there's the fact that there is difference, and you receive one another, that you receive your husband as leading you not dominating you, not intimidating you, but leading you. Because he has some responsibility also. I'll get that in a minute. But how does this work? How do we, because all of a sudden, if I, if I, there are, there's, 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 what do you do to make this work? Uh, because there's roles in the marriage. There's roles in the family. There's the husband-wife role, and there's the parent role, and, and there's the brother-sister role. All these things are sibling roles. And so you value the roles of the husband. You respect and receive that God's put him in your life. He's different. So actually, it's more of a supportive role, not that, that, not that you're dominated, but that you're desiring 
to, to support him in his, in his responsibility. The husband's a fixer. He's supposed to be the spiritual leader. So you encourage that and support that. You respect that he tries, sometimes may fail. Then you love, encourage, support. That's what you do. It's a matter of respect. Hmm. Next verse. For husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. Women are nurturers. And they're emotional, so you respect the difference. They don't do life. Men and women do not do life the same. They don't communicate the same. They function on different levels of communication. They, they, they approach life different. They pr- approach relationships differently. And so I, now I will love her in such a way that I, I respect the differences and I respect that she does things way different from me, and it's okay. And I will embrace that because I'm receiving the person God's put in my life because he knows what I need. He understands the end game of where we should end up. So he does that. And that's why if you're single, you need to be praying for your spouse, who it may be. God, I'm praying now, send me the right person. Send me to the right person. And, and, and make sure you find someone that's in the will of God for your life. It's very important. And so he said, husbands, you know, you love, you treat her like a queen, she should treat you like a king, and therefore there's this principle of receiving that you are a gift from God, and if I fuss about you and complain about you, I'm actually fussing about God's choice in my life, and that doesn't lead to anything really good. Only leads to heartache and trouble and broken relationships. So, you value the roles. You treasure the differences. You treat her like a queen. You treat him like a king. One other verse I want to cover. This next verse, 6-1, says this. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. Let's talk about that just a minute. Again, I think there's genuine respect crisis in our culture today. Our, our media doesn't show respect as it should. Our, oh, gosh. We look at people on TV as they do life, and they don't show respect for one another. We look at the comedy on TV today, and it's filled with disrespect, especially for authority. And it, uh, predominantly, it's amazing how they, in, in our culture, men in comedy are, are presented almost as stupid idiots. And making fun of the dad figure. That's so tragic. Uh, they're, they're laughed at. They're made fun of. And, uh, and you go, no, no, that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. Uh, uh, we, we see this and we go, this is, this is the wrong thing. And then we see parents, uh, we see the children deceive their parents, lie to their parents, and we all laugh at it on TV. That's horrific disrespect 
for the one God's put in your life. So as I talk about husband and wife receiving one another, also we as parents receive our children as God uses them to teach us and sometimes train us while we're training them. But also we are there to be the mentor and the model for our children in such a way that they grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ and they become all he wants them to be. And so for that to happen, there has to be respect that our children need to respect their parents. And I'm going to throw this out there, too. You need to respect your grandparents, incidentally, because they've been around a long time, know a lot. Just saying. Just because they're older than your parents doesn't mean they're done. they got a lot to pass on. You can learn a lot from listening to their stories. And and so you obey, you you have a respect. You say, I want to do what they tell me to do because they have my best interest at heart. And you go, so you honor, you respect your father and your mother. This is the first commandment promise, meaning your life will be better if you do this and if you don't. Because uh, this next verse, our last verse, fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Meaning, don't respect their uniqueness and their bent that God has given them. If they're athletic, encourage them. Support them. If they're academic, support them and encourage them. Because that's how they're bent. Don't complicate their life with your expectations. Moms and dads. Um, they have the respect to know they're created for a purpose that God's trying to do something in their life and make something happen. And so, guys, here's what happens. There's mutual respect to receive. Children, you receive your parents as God's gift to you, and they're there to make sure you get to the finish line. They want to help you make good decisions and pick the, the right friends and, and, and go to the right places. And you say, uh, basically, if you do this, things go well with you. It's a commandment with promise, meaning if you listen to your godly parents that are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they're going to tell you to avoid certain people, avoid certain places, and if you do that, you're probably better off. That's all that means. Doesn't mean they're trying to ruin your life, rob you of pleasure. They're trying to protect you. There's, there's some places you don't need to go. There's some people you don't need to be around. There's some people you don't need to get in the car with. There's some people that you don't need to have as best friends. They're there to help you because you don't know yet. So you want to make sure you do. Honor. You listen. And guys, listen. We all know. We all know because we've all been there teenagers, younger teenagers, old teenagers, we all know what it's like to test the limits, test the boundaries, and sometimes just be disobedient. God said, we'll, you know, you, you, and, you, and you realize that's not fun. You realize that wasn't the right thing to do. You go, man, that, that was a bad decision. You let people talk you into stuff. Here, the, the thing is, if I'm going to be, uh, if, if your family is centered around Christ and the Holy Spirit is empowering them and leading them, They're going to give you good wisdom. They're going to give you good advice. They're going to give you good instruction. They're going to give you good direction. You take it in and know that you will be far better off because of it than if you ignore it or make fun of it or laugh at it or reject it because the price then becomes very high in your life. And some have paid great consequence, the price, for disrespecting and disobeying the instruction and direction of parents. And grandparents. So uh, you, you see this. 
If I receive, I, I, I'm able to, 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 to function and to do things. Uh, you, so as, as children, I'll talk about this probably more at 11 o'clock because my youth will be here. But there's something important about listening that your life may be longer because they'll keep you out of trouble. And parents, I remind you, sometimes our children are heavenly sandpaper too. God uses them to teach us a few things. So receive them. I don't, you don't complain about your children. You don't make fun of them. You receive them and treat them with great respect. They're, they're, they don't have coordination. They'll grow out of it. If they're not an A student, they may be great with their hands and skilled labor. You understand, we, we understand God's got a purpose for everybody, and I respect that, and I encourage that, and I support that. That's what we do. We try to do that. Because there's something powerful when we finally understand that we receive one another. Not because of perfection that doesn't exist. Being perfected. Not because everybody's always right, because nobody's all right all the time. So you do. In family life, if we're going to survive this crazy culture, this dangerous, dangerous social life that's out there, then we need to receive one another in family and understand that God's got a greater purpose. He's looking at the end game for each one. And it's not easy, it is complicated. It is complex. It is heartbreaking. It's called family. One more story for you. And this, um, growing up, being a preacher's kid is not fun. It just didn't. It just didn't. Um, I was well aware of the pain my dad experienced and the things he went through. And so, you know, a part of me, I did not want to be known as a preacher's kid. For it just, number one, everybody thought preacher's kids were the meanest kids in the world. Right away, you got a strike against you. Uh, but, and so I kind of rebelled against that. My dad did a good job of teaching, so did my mom. They loved me, and they instructed me, and they disciplined me, and all those things that are necessary. That's what they do. But I remember at about the age 15, I, I just really tried to rebel a little bit. I, I didn't, I didn't, I just really tried to, but just rebel, no better word for it. And I, and I, and I kind of hung around a couple of guys that weren't good. And you liked them because they, you know, I, you know they, they were kind of neat, but they really weren't good. They were, they were, they were really out there. And, and there was a point in time when I'd hang with them, and all they wanted to do was fight and just try to figure out how tough they could be. And, and I was kind of with that for a while. 
They'd say things, try to pick fights and stuff like that. It's pretty bad. And all the time, let me tell you what, what really was happening. The whole time, this went on for a couple of months of my life. The Holy Spirit was answering the prayers of my mom and dad. Man, I was getting beat up on the inside. Finally, one day, uh, and I was very grateful because we did get in some trouble and fights and stuff. And at one point, I feel very fortunate that I survived. But there's times that the Holy Spirit would remind me of something my dad had said or my mom had said. And the guy said, let's go do this. And that little voice would go off. I'm a slow learner. It took me about three months to figure out I was with the wrong people. But it did. Walked away. Embraced who I was. I'm a preacher's kid. In that process, God did something in my life that I'll never forget. He began to change me in an incredible way and reach me and teach me and train me. And That's because at some point, I, whether I didn't know how to say it or not, I realized my mom and dad really were a gift from the Lord. Sometimes I thought they drove me crazy. Sometimes I didn't understand what the big deal was, but I understood this. They wanted me to survive and thrive in life. They wanted me to know Jesus and live for Jesus. I'm grateful. So let's be grateful for one another today in our families. When you go home today or maybe before this, you leave this place, you tell your spouse that you really receive and the gift they are from God. I think you need to verbalize that often. Receive them. Let them know they're received, they're appreciated, they're respected, and they're loved. Tell your kids, man, I sure receive you. Tell your grandchildren, man, you're a gift from God. You bring joy to my life. Receive one another.